Welcome to the Nikki and Julie podcast, where women are connecting with women to enrich, uplift, and encourage in our everyday journey of life. And now, here's Nikki and Julie. Hello, everyone. This is Thursday, and we are so happy that you've joined us for the Nikki and Julie podcast. Today, we're going to change it up a little bit, and I have a guest with me today. Nikki and Ben are out of town, out of pocket for a few days, and so we're going to do something different and look forward to hearing Ben and Nikki at some point in the future. But today, I have a guest with me. His name is Wilson Adams. Some of you may know him. I happen to know him, have known him for, well, all my life, I would say, and then even more of my life about 30 years ago when we got married. So we we are going to talk a little bit about t- today about some things that actually he's written about. He is an author, and um, so we want to welcome you to the podcast today, Wilson Adams. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I'm nervous. <laughs> you should be. Yeah, I should be. I'm, I'm sitting in Nikki's chair, and I, I tell you what, she's... She is, uh, you all are doing a great job, and she is so fun to listen to and and uh, just brings a smile. I don't know how you can listen to this podcast and not smile. And the perspective that I think both of you all bring is, uh, it's refreshing. Uh, I enjoy it. Of course, I'm very prejudiced. I admit that right off the bat. Uh, but I, I certainly enjoy it, and I think you're getting some good feedback so we, far. We are. We really are. We're hearing some some good things. It's getting out to people in all kinds of pockets of the world uh, and of the country, and we're really excited about that. And I have to tell you, I don't know that you can replace Nikki. Oh, there's no way, because I can't do goat (laughs) yoga. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm sorry, Nikki. Maybe I should have thought this over about having him on as a guest. I don't know. That might have been a mistake. There's no no way I can can come close to that. (laughs) No. Well, no. Actually, if Wilson, if you ever did goat yoga, we're going to have a camera crew out there. No, no. You won't have to worry. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Oh, my. Well, I tell you what we wanted to talk about today, and, and that's the subject of grief. And I know that is one with which you are very familiar. You have authored a book about that. And so when we talk about grief, it comes in all kinds of ways, looks in all kinds of ways. Is there one thing that you could say when grief shows up that a response that we're not expecting happens? I would say that everybody wants to write a script for grief. Everyone wants to kind of, you know, figure out exactly how it's going to go and and it never goes according like that because we're all different. Every every person is different and the grief situations are different. And so my reaction and my response to a situation of grief is going to be completely different from somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things we have to help people understand is that's okay. That's okay. Um, and because we're all because we're all individuals and because we all differ and because the grief is different, then our responses are going to be they're just going to, they're going to be different. And I think we have to make allowances for that and I have to I think we have to give a lot of grace and understanding to people who are going through some very difficult times. That said, 
there are some common denominators and there are some situations that regardless of the kind of grief that uh, that we can we can do some things i think that will that will help us get through those valleys the 23rd psalm talks about the the valley of the shadows and that takes a lot of different forms and we have just got to understand that grief comes in different ways and and because we're different we're going to handle it different and that's okay yeah it is okay and there is an expectation that we've placed on ourselves maybe it's because in america We've done that to ourselves. But have you found that people tend to compare their grief stories? Oh, oh, oh yeah. You can, for example, you can, you can post on, uh, you can post on Facebook some, some situation of, of, of deep grief and ask for prayer or whatever the case may be. And lo and behold, somebody will, will, will take that and take off and, and, and go into something they have experienced. And, and I under, I understand that. One of the things I think doesn't help people who are grieving is to compare your grief to my grief because it doesn't always it doesn't always compare when our friend lost his son and hundreds and hundreds of people came through the funeral home and I asked him later out of all of those comments which do you remember and he said I remember one young man saying to me uh, Mr. David, I know how you feel because my uncle died last year. And he said, years later, I still remember that comment because it was so, it was so insensitive. Uh, yet at the same time, <clears throat> I had to be, you know, kind. And I just said, you know, I thank you for coming and that, and that sort of thing. But he said, I remember that comment because I didn't lose my uncle. I just lost my firstborn son. Mm-hmm. And so we have a tendency to compare grief when what we need to do instead of doing that is simply weep with those who weep and give comfort and let people know that you're in my thoughts, you're in my prayers, I'm lifting you up before the throne and 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 not and not try to tell people we understand what they're going through unless we have gone through something very very similar. Exactly. That that's I think one of the the problems that a lot of us have and not intentionally it's that we are quick to say we understand because we're trying to provide some kind of empathy. We're trying to make somebody feel better when actually it takes them to a place that doesn't feel so good. So when someone's lost a, a spouse, that's very different than when someone's lost a child or mm-hmm. someone's lost mm-hmm. a parent or someone's lost a friend. Mm-hmm. All of those griefs are, are, are very different and you feel differently, but... What are, you know, besides just, are there more words to say? Or what is it that we're looking for to say to people? Are we supposed to say anything? Should we just stand there? You know, sometimes people say, I don't I don't go to funeral homes, because, for example, because I just don't know what to say to people. Well, I will say to you that get in line because it's a long one. We None of us know what to say. Mm-hmm. The really important thing when somebody's going through a grief situation, the real important thing is not what you say as much as the fact that you showed up, that you cared, that that you that you did a little thing that simply said I care about you. You're you're in my you're in my thoughts, you're in my prayers. I love you. I'm lifting you up before the throne. I just want you to know that. Those kinds of simple things mean more than, they just mean more than anything else. There's no words that's going to take away loss. 
Mm-hmm. I, I talk to people sometimes who go through such hard times. And, and, and I just admit that. I just say, there, I don't have any words. I don't, I don't have something that I can say that's going to fix this or, or just make it all go away. That, that, that doesn't happen. What I can do, I can point them to some things in Scripture. I can encourage them to lean on the Lord and lean into the Lord, uh, especially during those very, very tough times when you're, when you're going through that valley. Uh, those are things I can do, and those are things all of us can do. So we don't need to be we don't need to be brilliant. We don't we don't need to think of some great thing to say. We just we just need to show Jesus type compassion for people who are hurting. Right. And maybe just showing up is is enough. Uh showing up and, and hugging someone. And that's hard sometimes because we've not processed our own ideas about grief. So then we we tend to to hesitate to to go into someone else's grief. And so that makes us really uncomfortable. What do you what do you do with people or what do you say to people or explain to them when they're mad at God because they're they should not have to be going through this that someone young has has died or there are children that are involved in in a broken home and this should not have happened and people get mad at God. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I think there've been times when we've all been mad at God because our expectations are not probably what they should be. But what do you say to people when they're just mad at God because tragedy has come in? I I think I think I think you've just got to admit that. I I think you and it, it it's okay to say I'm angry at God. I don't understand why this has happened. This, this isn't this isn't fair. I don't I don't get it. I can't. I'm I'm struggling to process all of this, and I'll tell you why I think it's okay to say that. You talk about Job and Mrs. Job, and and how the two of them handled it so differently. She was very very angry at God at first, and Job handled that. But then later on, as you get into the book, Job is angry at God. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a process of just working through some things. Uh, the widow at Zarephath, when her little boy died and Elijah stepped in and, 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 and as Elijah is taking that little boy from her arms, the, the lady is just exploding in emotion. And she points at Elijah and she says, it's all your fault. And then she sort of shifted and she said, no, it's really God's fault. And and so I mean her emotions were just coming out on that on that occasion. So and you see that in the Psalms sometimes. And and the beauty of the Psalms is God allows people to be people. He allows he allows people to to speak their heart and it's okay. It's okay to it's okay to speak your heart. Mm-hmm. Because God knows that God knows what's in our heart anyway. So we don't need to try and hide and pretend. And I tell right. people Listen, if you're hurting and if you're confused, struggling, angry with God, whatever the case may be, why don't you go ahead and acknowledge that? Because he already knows that. Exactly. And once you acknowledge that, then you can begin to work through that process rather than trying to pretend that doesn't exist. Right. Okay. Well, that I mean, I think that happens a lot. I think people just, they, they, they really don't understand maybe death. They don't maybe understand heaven and the beauty of heaven, but that loss is so deep and personal. It just feels the pain is more you know, than people the, compare. There, there's the intellectual level. Take death, yes. for example. Yeah. There's, a, there's an intellectual level of death. Mm-hmm. We, we say intellectually, 
uh, well, death comes to all. And so we, we, we understand that and we know that intellectually. But when it comes and when it does happen, now we have to deal with it on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're not, we're not always equipped to do that. And, and, and that's where the difficulty comes in. Because with, with death, it's, it's not the intellectual knowledge that's the problem. It's the timing that is the oh, problem. That's exactly right. And the, because the timing doesn't fit our timing, then then we have an emotional situation we're, we're going to have to deal with and work through. And some people can handle that and deal with that very, very well. Mm-hmm. And others, it, it just takes a longer process. Right. Uh, some people need to talk to other people about that. They need to go and, and see someone who can help them and, and, and give them some some help to work through all of that. And, you know, that's okay. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's okay. Absolutely. We all need that from time to time. Right, right. Well, so so once people have a finally that, you know, the coming to some kind of closure, how do you move forward? I mean, we, we expect people, well, the rest of us go about our business, right? Mm-hmm. We go back to work. Mm-hmm. We go back to our families. We go back to everything. Mm-hmm. What are these people supposed to do who are now left with that by themselves at the table or no longer someone in the bed next to them or that room now is empty? How do you move forward after all of that? Well, it's easy to get stuck. Yes, it is. And you and I both have talked to people who who are stuck. Some some admit it. They they admit I'm stuck. Other people... uh, maybe don't even realize they're stuck, but they certainly right. are. And one of the one of the issues, one of the problems comes when the situation the, the let's say a funeral is over and 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 you know you're around lots of people during that period of time. You're around a lot of people and they're comforting you and all of that. But but the next day they all go home. Right. And they go back to work and then you get up the next day and the next day and the next day and your life is totally different. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to look at that situation and say, hey, wait a minute, what, what about me? And, and yet, one, here, here's one of the problems, I think, in the American culture that isn't so much in some other cultures. And that is, we don't, in the American culture, we don't allow enough time True. to grieve. Yeah. In, in the American culture, somebody dies on Monday, the visitation's on Tuesday, the funeral's on Wednesday, and by Thursday, we all know, everybody should be back to normal. Right. Okay? Right. And, and, and that's not normal. No. Uh, when you come to the uh, book of Deuteronomy, <clears throat> and when, when, when Moses has died, it's interesting to me, God shut everything down. He shut everything down in Israel for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And in essence, he said, I don't want my people doing anything for the next 30 days except grieve for Moses. He gave, he gave his people 30 days. He gave them a whole month mm-hmm. to grieve. They needed to grieve. And then when you get into to the book of Joshua, the Lord starts off and he says, Now my, Moses, my servant, is dead. The time for grieving is past. Let's move on. And he commissions Joshua now to take the children of Israel across the Jordan River. That meant no disrespect to Moses, but by moving his people on, it really helped them process the grieving and and help them to get to a better place because life does go on. And by the fact that life goes on, it forces me to go on, even when maybe I don't feel like going on. 
I have to go on. Mm -hmm. I have to, as my friend says, I have to eat and live indoors. And so there's things that I have to do to make that happen. And and that that forces me then to to move in a more positive direction rather than just pulling the shades and hunkering down in the darkness and just feeling like my life has come to an end. Uh, and and so and but and there there's a there's a time and a place for 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 that dark period of grieving. But at some point we have to walk out into the sunshine and live again. And I think that's what God wants from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, because our our purpose is not over yet. There's still more work for us to do. So, but it's going to be a little harder, and it's going to be very different yeah. when we're not with these same people mm-hmm. as we were, you know, in our life and making making that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the hardest things is what what do you say later. Let's say, for instance, that you come up to see someone after you haven't seen them for a while and there's been, there was a death and, or a year later or whatever, and you see them, I'm going to say, most of us automatically say, don't say anything about it because we don't want to make them sad. So we don't. And what you find out is those who have lost, they're wanting to talk about it. Is that what you found that's yeah, happened? I think the worst I think the worst fear that people who have lost a loved one face in death is is the fear that somebody's gonna forget. They're gonna forget my loved one. Mm-hmm. And, and and I've talked to a lot of parents, for example, who've lost children, and that's the number one thing they say. If they, they, they say, you know, it's like people who come up and talk to me. They're afraid to say anything about that because they're afraid I'm going to get I'm going to get sad or I'm going to start crying or whatever the case may be. When in reality, I, I want to talk about my son or I want to talk about my daughter because the last thing I want is is the feeling that nobody remembers. Mm-hmm. So I I when I talk to people who've lost a child or they tell me they've lost a child in the course of conversation, I generally say, "Do you have a picture?" Oh, okay, I, I, okay. Do you have a picture? I'd like to see a. I'd like to see a picture of, of him, and 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 they always have one. Isn't that funny? They always they always have a picture, and they're always glad to share it. And I look at the picture, and I say, "Tell me about him. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me about his personality." Right. And what mom or dad doesn't want to do oh that? Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> and it, it it and in that in that moment, I have sensed that that people they just they just want to talk about their loved one mm-hmm. and and their loved one lived and their loved one made a difference and hey somebody remembers them and 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 you and, and to finish that conversation with i'm so glad that you told me about him and 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 i just i i, I can't i can't envision what you're going through but i want you to know i love you and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to pray for you tonight and i'm going to lift you up before the throne and i'm going to ask god's blessings to be with you Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just avoiding that person or mm-hmm. making sure I don't say anything about the tragedy, you know. Right. And so, and sometimes you just have to use some common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but please, if I had anything to say to people, please don't compare. Yes. Don't don't take their tragedy and compare it to something you've gone through because that doesn't help. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help. Um, and one other thing I was thinking about is also after 
the after fact, aftermath of a of a loss is now what do we do with these people? And the tendency in well-meaning people is call me if you need anything. <laughs> you that know? ranks up there with let's do lunch. Yeah, let's do lunch and lunch never happens. Call me if you need anything helps me feel better about me. But call me if you need anything. I will guarantee you almost 100%. You know, people aren't going to do that because they don't want to feel like they're imposing or they don't want to feel like maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't ask. I'm thinking maybe we just show up or say tomorrow I'm coming by, give me a list, or tomorrow I'm coming by, I would like to take you to lunch, or tell me something that you would like to do that you're missing, that you you used exactly. to be able to do, but, exactly. you, but you've not been able to do. Let's exactly. go do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one, of, one, of our, um, <clears throat> one of our families uh, just experienced loss, and, 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 and she lost her. Her husband passed away, and um, one of the other ladies from church came up and told me, said, I'm, you know, in, 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 in two or three days when things kind of settle down, I'm going to go get her, and we're going to go out and get our nails done. <laughs> now, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot to, especially a man, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to go get my nails done. But, I mean, for her, that's a specific Right. That's a that, that's a specific. That's not a general thing, you know. Call me if you need me. That's a specific thing. I'm coming over, and we're going to go get our nails done. And it it it's the little things like that mm-hmm. that make the world of difference. It does because what it's saying is I'm going to purposefully take my time mm-hmm. because I care about you enough to want you into my life, and I want to see you. I want to be with you because once somebody is without their child, their spouse, or anyone that was connected with them on a daily basis, they may not know how to function very well. Mm-hmm. How do I live my life again? Is it okay for me to live again? Is it okay for me to be happy? Is it okay for me to go back to the place where I used to enjoy my time with you know the person that I loved and have lost? So there's a lot of transition that goes on with all of that. And we can be of help to those people if we know what will make the biggest impact in the most simple sometimes of ways, mm-hmm. the kindest of ways, without, number one, comparing, mm-hmm. and without dismissing and being afraid to acknowledge the loss and allow them to talk mm-hmm. ab- about their loved one. I think it makes a big and difference. And it's, it's not just death. I mean, yeah. divorce is a uh, divorce is loss. It's mm-hmm. a huge loss. And a lot of times we don't know what to say to those people. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of tend to shy away from them and they feel quite outcast. Uh, disease diagnosis is Ter- another yeah, one. Some terminal uh, an diseases. Illness that, yeah, that it's not going to go and, away. And 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 the fear of 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 what am I going to face and how am I going to face it and how am I going to get through it? I mean those those people those people need us. Yes, they, they do. They need us, and and so there's there's a lot of different tragedies in life, um, and all of us are going to face them in one way or the other. So. I, that's why I think it's very important. I talk about leaning into God, it's like like you climb like you climb a mountain. If if you if you're going to climb a trail and 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 you're moving up a mountain, you have to lean into the mountain. Mm-hmm. You have to lean into the direction you're going, and that's why it's really important to lean into Him, uh, because sometimes that trail is going to get real steep. Okay, well. 
thank you for being on here today. And if any of you are interested in the book that Wilson and co-author David Lanfear wrote, it's called A Life Lost and Found, Hope and Healing Through Tragedy. You can get it at Spirit Building Publishing, and that's you can just go online and put in Spirit Building Publishing, if I can say it. And um, A Life Lost and Found is there. It's also found at, at One Stone as well. So those are two resources for you to get the book, A Life Lost and Found. Thank you so much to our audience. Thank you for listening. And we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Nikki and Julie podcast. Join us every Tuesday and Thursday for more exciting conversations. And remember, be real. Be true and be you.